There is no doubt in my mind that we are in the last days. How many of y'all would agree with that? We're in the last days, and, and, and Satan knows his time is short, and so he's going into overtime, and he's doing all that he can uh, to stop God's people, uh, to destroy God's people, and, and so we need to do something about it. Are y'all with me? And so let's look in Ephesians chapter 6, and I'll explain what I'm, I'm referring to. Uh, it says in Ephesians 6 verse 10, if you found your spot, say amen. amen. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For here's, here's an important truth. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Your enemy is not your neighbor. Your enemy is not your spouse. Your enemy is not your boss. Your enemy is not your employees. Your enemy is not your friends at school. It's, that's not the enemy. But, but we, we do have an enemy. It says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness, in high places. Ladies and gentlemen, if you don't believe in demons, you don't believe in your Bible. Listen, it says, wherefore, wherefore, because of that, because of our fight, because of our enemy, because of the battle, wherefore take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand, Stand, therefore, having your lo- What does that tell us? God is not all about retreat. God is not in the retreat business. We're going to find out in a minute God's in the resist business. Are y'all with me? Man, I feel a little preach right there. Amen. Stand, therefore, having your loins girt about with truth. And having on the breastplate of righteousness and your, your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. And above all, taking the shield of faith. The shield of what? Faith. faith. You're going to find out that's, that's, the, that's the devil's target. Yeah. Our faith. Wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit which is the Word of God. Amen. Let's say that again. Which is the Father in heaven, thank you, Lord, for the privilege of being in your house. Thank you for the privilege of being in your presence. Lord, I'm so glad I feel your presence today. and I, 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 I need it. I desperately need your anointing today. Lord, I know the devil's not going to roll over and play dead, and he's not going to just let us just get by uh, with trying to stand against his activity and stand against his momentum and i pray god that you'll protect the staff of this church protect me and my family protect the families of this church as we stand boldly in his face and resist him i pray your perfect will be done give us what we stand in need of in jesus name we pray and all god's people say it amen, amen. you may be seated you may be seated I, I believe with all of my heart i'm not just saying this for for shock value uh, it, there's no question about it. We are under demonic oppression. We are in a fight, ladies and gentlemen, a fight 
uh, we are in a battle. There are so many places that, that talk about warfare. 2 Corinthians 10 verse 3 says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Ephesians, what we just read, we see the word armor. We see the word wrestle, which basically means hand-to-hand combat. This is not a thing where we shoot. We, we're, we're in the face. We're hand-to-hand. We're close quarters. 1 Timothy 1.18, this charge I commit unto thee, son, Timothy, according to the prophecies which went on before thee, that thou by them mightest war a good warfare. 2 Timothy 3.12, yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution, but evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. Uh, John Stuart Mill he, he had a quote that I, I, I copied and I, I put down. I wanted to read to you. War is an ugly thing, but not the ugliest of things. The decayed and degraded state of moral and patriotic feeling, which thinks that nothing is worth war, is much worse. The person who has nothing for which he is willing to fight, nothing which is more important than his own personal safety, is a miserable creature and has no chance of being free unless made and kept so by the exertions of better men than himself. Somebody say amen. Preacher, what are you saying? We need to fight. We need to resist. The word resist means to withstand. It means to oppose. It means to fight back. There's way too many of us that are standing around hoping that the devil will leave us alone, hoping that we can get by and listen, doing everything we can to just back up and retreat. And we won't go forward with God anytime there's resistance, anytime there's opposition. We'll take a step for God and the devil will slap us around and we'll quit and give up. But God said, resist the devil and he will flee from you. How many of y'all believe the Bible is true? Listen, I I love this one. (laughs) I love this one. Sir Winston Churchill. Sir Winston Churchill said this. Never, never, never believe any war will be smooth and easy. Or that anyone who embarks on the strange voyage can measure the tides and hurricanes he will encounter. The statesman who yields to war fever must realize that once the signal is given, he is no longer the master of policy, but the slave of unforeseeable and uncontrollable events. Here is the answer which I will give to President Roosevelt. We shall not fail or falter. We shall not weaken or tire. Neither the sudden shock of battle nor the long-drawn trials of vigilance and exertion will wear us down. Give us the tools and we will finish the job. Ladies and gentlemen, in in Ephesians chapter number 6, you will find that God has given us some tools. He has told us we are in a fight. He has told us we are in a battle. He has explained to us who our enemy is. He's given us some equipment. He's given us an energy. And we're going to talk about that. Say amen. Amen. I, I, I wanted to just go into that, but there's so much in each one of those that I want to give you because I think we need to, we need to know the whole deal. How many of y'all are with me right there? So here's what I'm going to try, I'm going to attempt to do. Uh, I know, I know when the fellas back there saw the outline that I sent them, uh, they, they probably fainted because it was four pages long. And it, 
It was designed as a Bible study when I had more time than what I usually have on Sunday morning. So I'm going to try my best to skim through it, give it, give it a, 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 a proper attention to what we need. And, and, uh, so, so just bear with me today. Today's going to be more of a Bible study than it will a, a, a message, a sermon, if, that, if that's the way you want to term that. Uh, but here, here's what I want to do today. I want to help you know your enemy. I think one of the most important things in a battle, one of the most important things in a fight... One of the most important things in war is to know your enemy. You need to know who you're fighting. You need to know who you're against. You need to know what we're standing against. You need to know what we're looking at. And I'm telling you, this is important, guys. This is important. This is important for you. It's important for your personal life. It's important for your children, your grandchildren, your families, because you do have an enemy. And let me say this. Let me just go ahead and throw this out there. He is not what Hollywood has made him out to be. Do you want me to tell you why so many Christians are getting, just getting a tar beat out of them? And the devil's dragging them through the mud like crazy and just destroying families and homes and everything else? It was because we have ignorant Christians. And I don't mean that in a, in a derogatory sense in a way. I'm saying, what's ignorant? It means lacking information. They just don't know. All they know about the devil is what they see on TV. But here's the problem with that. The devil is running the TV. Why do you think every, th- every sin that we stand against, every sin that the Bible declares is wicked and evil, is made to look okay, is made to look mainstream, is made to look like we're crazy? He's the God of this world. The moment you got saved, the moment you got saved, you became an alien. Yeah, I said it. You became, you became a member of another world. And now you're in a strange country. You are living as a pilgrim passing through. Listen, when I was in Mexico City last year, Mexico City, I was a pilgrim passing through. I was an alien. I didn't understand the language. I didn't understand the culture. I didn't understand things that was... Are y'all with me? Do you realize as a Christian, a blood-bought, born-again child of God, if you can go out there and feel comfortable, if you can go out there and fit in, if you can go out there and everything's fine and hunkadori, as my grandmother would say, you've got problems. But if you go out there in the way they behave and the way they talk and the way they dress is foreign to you, you're in good shape. We have an enemy. We have an enemy, and I want, I, want to, I want to go into detail about our enemy today, so bear with me and give me just a little time. Number one, if you're taking notes, I want you to see Satan and his origin. Satan and his origin. We, we go through several, several verses in the Bible. First, I want you to see his function, his original, his original function. There are three named uh, archangels in the Bible, only three. One is Michael, one is Gabriel. And one is Lucifer. And for the sake of alliteration and, and memorization, Michael is the, is the mighty angel. He's the God of war. 
or excuse me, he's the angel of war, Daniel 10. But the princes of the kingdom of Persia withstood me one and twenty days. But lo, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, and I remained there with the kings of Persia. In other words, there was a messenger coming to Daniel, but he was withstood by demonic forces, and Michael, the war angel, came to fight. Say amen. Jude 9, yet Michael the archangel, when contending with the devil, he disputed about the body of Moses, durst not bring against him a railing accusation, but said, The Lord rebuked thee. Revelation 12, 7, and there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon. The dragon is Satan. Fought against the dragon, and the, and the dragon fought against his angels. Preacher, what are you saying? Michael is the mighty angel. He's the angel of war. And then we have Gabriel. Gabriel, I like Gabriel, say amen. amen. Gabriel is, you know, I, I, I said one time to a guy, I said, man, I can't wait that Gabriel blows his trumpet. He said, nowhere in the Bible does it say Gabriel's going to blow his trumpet. And I had to give that to him, but the whole point is this, Gabriel is the messenger angel. He's the God, or excuse me, the angel of the word. He brings the word of God. He brings a message from God. Luke 1, 19, and the angel answering said unto him, I am Gabriel that stand in the presence of God and am sent to speak unto thee and to show thee that these glad tidings. Luke one twenty six. that's when uh, he was speaking to Zacharias. Now he's speaking to Mary. Luke one twenty six. and in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God into a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin espoused to a man whose name is Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. Preacher, what are you saying? Gabriel is the messenger angel. He's the angel of the word he brings god's word he brings the message from god are you following me say amen Amen. then number three the third named angel in the bible is lucifer lucifer not michael not gabriel but lucifer lucifer is satan michael was the the mighty angel of war gabriel was the messenger angel of the word But then Lucifer was the majestic angel of worship. He was the majestic angel of worship. Ezekiel 28, 12. Son of man, take up the lamentation upon the king of Tyrus and say unto him, Thus saith the Lord God. And, 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 And most scholars believe this is a representation speaking through Tyrus to the one energizing him, Satan himself. As he, when he said to Peter, uh, get thee behind me, Satan. Are y'all with me? He, he, he was addressing Peter, but he was specifically talking to the devil who was influencing Peter. Are y'all with me? And so here we find the description of, of Satan, Lucifer. He says, thou sealest up the sum, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. Thou hast been in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was thy covering, the sardius and the topaz, the diamond, the barrel, the onyx, the jasper, the sapphire, the emerald, the carbuncle, and the gold. Thy workmanship, the workmanship of thy tablets of thy pipes was prepared in thee in the day that thou wast created. What what is he saying? You had the ability to sing. Uh, To sing. Thou art the anointed cherub that covereth. And I have set thee so. Thou wast upon the mountain of God, the holy mountain of God. Thou hast walked up and down in the midst of the stones of fire. You say, what was his job? We see uh, uh, Michael. Michael was the, was the angel of war. Uh, Gabriel is the messenger angel. Then we find Lucifer. He's the angel of worship. 
He was the one responsible for reflecting the glory of God. You see, the stones that we just read about here in these verses, every one of those stones was in the breastplate of the high priest in Israel. So he had a priestly duty, if you will, and that was to reflect the glory of God. Listen, what is the point? Satan, his name was Lucifer originally. As Lucifer, he was responsible for the worship and the praise and the glory and the honor of Almighty God. And he was there to reflect the glory of God. Somebody say amen. And because of his privilege... He was the highest of all. Because of his position and his placement and his responsibility, he was the highest of all. He was the greatest of all angels. Are y'all with me? So we see his original position. He was a worship angel. He was the choir director, if you will. No offense, Jalen. Amen. (laughs) But that's what he did. He was responsible for the praise and leading the worship of Almighty God. Yeah. Let, me, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. And, and I hope you understand this. Music and singing is very powerful. It is very powerful. So we see, and, and that's a whole other sermon, amen. Here's, here's his origin and his function. But then I want you to see, secondly... In his origin, I want you to see his folly. His folly. Not only his function, but his folly. It says in Ezekiel 28, 17, Thine heart was lifted up because of thy beauty. Because of his, his, his positioning, who he was, where he was, what he was. He says, Thou hast corrupted thy wisdom by reason of thy brightness. I will cast thee to the ground. I will lay thee before the kings that they may behold thee. And Isaiah, Isaiah describes the devil also in Isaiah 14, 12. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground which did weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thine heart. Now watch what he said. I, and, and I, now basically, you've you got to understand something. He's the highest archangel in glory. The only, the only one above him is God. But watch what he says. I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. And in many places, stars was translated angels. If you remember in Revelation, in Revelation when, when he was sending the letters to the seven stars, and if you interpret that with, with the, the other verses in Revelation, the seven stars are the seven angels or the seven messengers. Or the, are y'all with me? So he is saying, I'm going to be above them all. I'm going to be above God. He says this. He says, I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. Yet thou shalt be brought down to hell to the sides of the pit. Preacher, what happened? Because of pride, he fell. Because of pride, he was cast down. It says in Proverbs 16, 18, Pride goeth before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Are y'all with me? We see his function. He was the worship angel. He was the most glorious angel in heaven, the most beautiful angel in heaven. He had the most glorious position and responsibility in heaven. 
But his folly was his pride. His folly was the fact that he began to look at himself and see how beautiful he is. You know, it's amazing to be a great person, but it's another thing to know it. When, when, when you're a great person and then you know you're great, you cease to be great. Are y'all with me? He became prideful. And then we see, we see under this, we see his fall. It says in Ezekiel 28, 15, Thou was perfect in thy ways from the day that thou was created, till iniquity was found in thee. By the multitude of thy merchandise, they have filled the midst of thee with violence, and thou hast sinned. Therefore, I will cast thee as profane out of the mountain of God. I will destroy thee, O covering cherub, from the midst of the stones of fire. Luke ten eighteen. Uh, this is, this is uh, as we hear, he said unto them, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. 2 Peter 2, 4, For if God spared not the angels that sinned, but cast them down to hell, and delivered them in chains of darkness to be reserved unto judgment. Matthew 25, 41, Then shall he say also unto them on the left hand, Depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. And by the way, that's a great verse to help people understand. Hell was never for any human being whatsoever. Hell was for the devil and his angels. Are y'all with me? Revelation 12, 3. And there appeared another wonder in heaven, and behold, a great red dragon having seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns upon his head. And his tail drew the third part of the stars of heaven and did cast them into the earth. You remember we said in translation or interpretation, those stars were the angels. And so this brings us into the second point. Not only do we see Satan and his origin, but I want you to see Satan and his organization. Satan and his organization. Satan is not alone. Let me say it this way. Let me say it this way. How many of y'all, <laughs> I've said it, I've said it like 70 times this week alone. <clears throat> How many of y'all have ever said this? Boy, the devil's been on my back. Yeah. Oh, don't lie in church. Come on, people. How many of y'all ever... How many of the devil's been messing with me this week, right? Yeah. Right? Guess what? That's probably not so. Right. Most likely, that's not so. I don't think anybody, including your pastor, is, is that great a danger to the, the, the kingdom of the devil that it, 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 it demanded his personal presence. There's probably a lot better Christians around this world than what I am. Are y'all with me? So, so when I say the devil's been on my back, uh, I, I, I'm not literally meaning the devil himself, but one of his lieutenants. Now let's think about this. Let's think about this a minute. All right? There's three named angels, three archangels in the Bible. Gabriel, uh, Michael, and Lucifer. Three. How many? Three. Three. How many angels fell with the devil who teamed up with the devil to throw, overthrow the throne of God? How many of them? How many of them? One third of the angels in heaven. Could it be possible? Could it be possible that, that, that one angel was responsible for a third? The second angel was responsible for a third. And the third angel was responsible for the third. And all those who were under the leadership and responsibility of Lucifer fell with him. Listen, he has a team. Now let me, let me, let me read. Let me read. Come on. Let's go to Ephesians. Let's go back to Ephesians for a second. Let's go back to Ephesians for a second. Many, well, well, why are you going back to Ephesians 6? I'm going to read Revelation 12. 
I just read, I just read that in, in the last point, but this is, this is what it says. And his tail drew the third part of the stars of heaven and did cast them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman, which was ready to be delivered. This is talking about the nation of Israel. For to devour her child as soon as it was born, in reference to the Messiah. Many Bible scholars believe that is a reference to when Satan was cast out and the angels with him. Now, let's read Ephesians 6, verse 11. Put on the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Now watch here. Now this is what I want you to get. But against principalities, that means princes, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. This is talking about the demonic realm, the spiritual realm, not the physical realm, but the spiritual realm. Now the spiritual realm can affect the physical realm. It can influence the physical realm. Now, you can go through all, and, and I'm not going to take the time to do it because we just don't have the time to do that, but you can go throughout the New Testament, even in the Old Testament, and find where the spiritual realm influenced and affected the physical realm. But the Bible says we have an enemy, and it's not flesh and blood. It's not you and me. It's not your neighbor down the street. It's not your spouse or your child or your workmate. It's not flesh and blood. But we do have an enemy. It is a spiritual enemy. It is a real enemy. And according to this verse, this enemy, now get this, get this everybody. Please get this up in heaven. Listen, up in heaven, up in the balcony. Y'all are closer to heaven than we are. Listen, understand this. Understand this. Hey, I'm doing what I can, Kim. I'm doing what I can. Amen. Listen, they are very organized. According to this verse, it is telling us that the devil's organization is ranked. In other words, they have privates, they have corporals, they have captains, they have, are y'all with me? It is ranked, it's organized. And the whole point I'm trying to get to you to understand, it's not just a bunch of demons just flying around doing their own thing. They have a leader. And they are ranked and they are orderly. And they are real. And they are dangerous. And they have an agenda. We think, we think our only problem in life is to be able to pay the power bill. Or to pay the mortgage. No, sir. The moment that you get saved, the moment that you are born again, you are in the kingdom of God. You are a child of God. Woohoo! But... You are a soldier in the army of our Lord, and you are in a fight whether you want to be or not. Well, I tell you what, I'm just not going to do nothing, and then maybe it won't bother me. Oh, I wish it was that simple. The moment you become a child of the king, you switch sides. And now you got an enemy, an organized enemy. And by the way, by the way, everybody, y'all paying attention? They've been doing this a long time. They're good at what they do. They're so good at what they do, they got the first man. They're so good at what they do, they got the man closest to God's own heart, David. 
They're so good at what they do. They got the wisest man ever to live, Solomon. They're so good at what they do. They got the strongest man ever to live, Samson. Let's don't be naive about this whole thing. We have an enemy. This is not just this is not just about depression. This is not just about a chemical dependence. This is not just about uh, uh, mental capacities that, that we need. No, we are in a fight. There are people taking their own lives that haven't had any history of depression. Any drug addiction whatsoever. But there is serious demonic oppression. This is real. We have a real enemy. And you need to know your enemy. We see his, his organization. Listen, I, 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 they're very active in society. <clears throat> Ephesians, Ephesians 2, 2 says, Where in time past ye walked according to the course of this world. That's before we were saved. Now watch how, watch how it's described. According to the prince of the power of the air. The spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. Not only, not only is, is his organization active in society, his, his organization is aggressive, aggressive in sowing, sowing. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, darts thrown. Listen, here's, if, if it was, if it was, how many, how many of y'all, you know, you, you understand this, that, that if, if somebody came in, if somebody came in this building right here and, and they had a baseball bat and they started threatening everybody, there's enough men in this room, he'd have a bad day. Y'all with me? He'd have a bad day. Now, I'm just telling you that. I know, I don't know every man in this room, but I know there's enough rednecks in here, he'd have a bad day. And that would be fine. Wouldn't bother me at all. Let's explain it to him. This is not the place to be swinging no bats. Say amen. This ain't no ball field. It'd be easy to see that and do something about that. But we wrestle not against flesh and blood. And see, this is, this is where it gets difficult. This is where it's hard to fight an enemy you can't see. Amen. Yes. And, and here we find, what, what are they good at? It's not that they're swinging haymakers. And it's not that they're dropping bombs or shooting bullets. Those, those things would be, no, they're planting seeds of bitterness yeah. and anger. Are y'all with me? Amen. Seeds of lust. Seeds of seeds of temptation and ways and 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 so what what is it all about? It's all about affecting your mind. The Bible says that we need to be renewed in the spirit of our our mind. We need to be renewed in our mind. Our mind. The battle is in our mind. Now listen. Let me let me show you something. They're very they're very effective in suffering they're active in society they're aggressive in sowing 
They're effective in suffering. We, we find a man in Mark chapter number 5. It says, When he was come out of the ship, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit who had his dwelling among the tombs, and no man could bind him, no, not with chains, because he hath been bound, uh, he, that he had been often bound with fetters and chains, and the chains had been plucked asunder by him, and the fetters broken in pieces. Neither, here, here's the key, neither could any man tame him. And always, night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying and cutting himself with stones. Let's, let's, let's break that down. We have a man who is suffering. We, has a, we have a man who cannot... Now watch, let's, just, let's put it in our, our terms in, in, in life today. We have a man who cannot control himself. We have a man in pain. We have a man in suffering. We have a man who cannot control himself. Then, on the other hand, we have men who can't fix him. Neither can any man tame him. Preacher, what are you saying? We're seeing problems in this world. We're seeing problems in our community. We're seeing problems in society today that we can't do nothing about. Men we can't fix. Men, problems we can't solve. Issues that that, that are are, are boggling the mind. Why is this happening? Why are 30-something-year-olds taking their own lives? No man could tame them. No man could fix them. Matter of fact, all the ideas they come up with, all the, all the, the, the man-made plans to control this situation, they broke the chains in sunder. Listen, it's real. It's real. Now let me, let me talk about, just to sum it all up and to finish it up because we're about out of time. I want you to see Satan and his operation. <clears throat> Not only his organization, his origin, but his operation. <clears throat> this, is, this is the important part, guys. Satan, <clears throat> it, says, it says that we, in Ephesians chapter number 6, Ephesians chapter number 6, it says, put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the Everybody say it. That ye may be able to stand against the wiles. Wiles. Uh, wiles is trickery. It's deception. He doesn't operate with a physical weapon. His main weapon is deception. All right, now write this down. If you're taking notes, write these two things down. First... There is a subtle approach. There is a subtle approach. Look what it says in Genesis chapter 3, verse 1. <clears throat> now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden? <clears throat> Yea, hath God said. What's he doing? He, he's bringing... God into the situation, but mixing up what God said. Second Corinthians eleven thirteen says this: For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. And no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. 
Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers are also transformed as the ministers of righteousness, whose end shall be according to their works. Now, what, is that, what does that verse tell us? What does that verse tell us? The devil doesn't come at you with a knife. He comes at you with a flower. He's subtle. He's slick. He's smooth. Now here's the thing. So what's the point? The way he operates, the way he operates, you don't know is him. Matter of fact, the way he operates, let's, let's, let's just look at the way he came at Eve. And by the way, he knows what he's doing. He attacked the weaker vessel. He didn't go to Adam. He went to Eve. And so here he comes in as if he's concerned for the welfare of Eve. All you ladies and ladies with them men at work, who, who, who try to smooth talk you like they're concerned about you and all that. They ain't concerned about you. That's right. Amen. And vice versa. Yeah. Women, women, women are after just as much as men is today. That's right. Oh, I'm just concerned. No, no. They ain't, they ain't concerned. If they's concerned, they'd tell you to go talk to a counselor and they wouldn't be talking to the opposite sex that way. Amen. That's right. They ain't concerned. The devil wasn't concerned for Eve. Yea, hath God said, ye shall not eat of every, every fruit of the tree. And, and, and then, then, then this is what we did. This, and when I say we, I'm talking about human, humankind, mankind. He said, no, no, it's all good. We can eat of everything. But, but that, that, that fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, we can't eat that. And neither can we touch it. God never said that. God ne- Why is it that we try to make more rules than God? That is our nature. So what is it? What, what are we doing? We, we've distorted the word. Now watch what the devil does. Here, here's the deal. Here's the deal. He's slick. He's smooth. He's deceptive. He's the angel of light. When he comes speaking to you, he comes as a friend. And he makes himself appear as your friend, as, as concerned about you. Now watch what he says. Hey, listen, Eve, let me tell you something. You listening? You listen, Eve? Let me tell you something. This is the deal. The only reason God don't want you to eat that fruit is because he knows you're going to be like him. He knows that if you eat of that fruit, you're going to be as God, knowing good and evil. Now, let me translate that. God is holding out on you. Now, let me give you, if you don't get nothing else, if you didn't care about nothing else I said today, if you, I, that, that's fine, but this is the message. Everybody perk up and listen. Everybody perk up and listen. If there's any time to write, it's the time right now. This is the most important thing you can understand about Satan and what he's trying to do with you. Is everybody listening? Yes. Satan's agenda, Satan's goal with mankind is to change your perception of God. Let me, let, me, let me say that again. The devil wants to change your perception of God. The word perception means how you see God. He wanted Eve to think 
that God did not love her enough that he was holding out on Eve. Now tell me, tell me the devil doesn't work this way. You, you and your wife are having some issues and the devil will crawl up on your shoulder and one of his demons says, she don't really love you. She don't really respect you. Look at the way she's talking to you. And, 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 and his demons will do the same thing with her and say, boy, if he, if he loved you, he wouldn't talk to you that way. If he loved you, he would do this and he would do that. And, and the same thing goes, in, what's he trying to do? He's trying to distort and, and, and destroy the relationship. Now watch this, when something bad takes place. And by the way, stuff bad happens to everybody. The sun rises on the good as well as the evil. The rain falls on the good as well as the evil. Listen, when we say why does bad stuff happen to good people, that's a, that's a distortion because there's no good people. We're all broken sinners. There's no good people. Bad stuff happens to everybody. Saved people get cancer. Lost people get cancer. Saved people have flat tires. Lost people have flat tires. Saved people have car accidents. Lost people have car accidents. It happens to everybody. But what will happen? The devil will say, if God loved you, he wouldn't allow this to happen. If God loved you, you wouldn't be going through what you're going through. If God cared about you and he was all that he was, he wouldn't allow this situation to take place in your life and this tragedy you're going through. What's he trying to do? Change your perception of God. He wants to change the fact that God is love and God is powerful and God is mighty and God is your friend. Somebody say amen. He's after, now watch this, here it is, here it is. He's after your faith. His agenda is to create doubt. Watch what he says, watch what he says. Yea, hath God said. What's he saying to Eve? Are you sure about that? What's he doing? He's trying to create doubt. He's planting a seed of doubt. Why would he do that? Why, why is his target faith? Now, ultimately, he's wanting death and destruction, right? You remember the very first suicide message? We learned that the devil's a liar, a thief, and a murderer. He's after death. He's after total annihilation and total destruction. But the way to get that is to attack our faith. Are y'all with me? Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Faith is the way of our salvation. For by grace are you saved through. God is wanting us to believe him. God is wanting us to have faith. God is wanting us to put our assurance and confidence and faith totally in him. And that's exactly what the devil's trying to stop. Why? Because when you have faith, you're powerful. When you have faith, you are mighty. When you have faith, listen, there is no obstacle that can stand in your way. When you exercise faith, God is pleased. Listen, the, the one thing that got Jesus' attention more than anything else on this planet when Jesus was here was people's faith. It wasn't their tears that moved God. It wasn't their suffering and sorrow that moved God. Listen, there was suffering and sorrow everywhere. But when Jesus saw faith, he was moved. And your enemies after your faith. 
Your enemy wants to stop you from believing in God. The enemy, he'll allow a tragedy to take place in your life, and he wants to distort how you see that. Yes, God will allow suffering. God will allow tragedies, but it's for his own glory so that when you stand in the midst of that tragedy, like in the valley of the shadow of death, and you stand and say, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Oh, God is glorified and magnified. Somebody say amen. But the devil wants you to think he doesn't love you. The devil wants you to think he doesn't care about you. The devil wants to destroy your faith in him. That's why you'll take your life. Because you don't think there's nothing worth living for. That there isn't a God real enough, powerful enough, or mighty enough to pull you out of the darkness that you're in. He's good that way. How do you, how do you defeat deception? How do you defeat deception? Taking the shield of faith. I don't have time for this, but I'm going to say it. Listen. Sometimes in a battle. Sometimes in a battle. There's so many things coming against you. And there's so many darts flying in that all you can do is hide behind your... And it's the shield of faith. There are times when you say, God, I don't have the energy to fight. God, I don't have the strength to stand. I don't have the ability to use my sword. And in those times, we can crawl. He said, above all, have the shield of faith. Now listen, that's a defensive mode. But there is an offensive mode. And the problem with most Christians is they're, 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 they're trying their best to stay on the defensive. That they're not using the offensive. And that's the sword of the Spirit. How do you fight against deception? Deception is just a lie. You've got to have the truth. And so next week, that's what we're going to talk about. Now, some of us have been hiding behind our shields so long, our shields getting... How many of y'all ever watch, how many of y'all ever watch uh, Star Trek? <laughs> whichever, whichever one, you, you I, whatever generation trips your trigger. You know, they've been so many of them now. Captain, the shields are at 20%. Come on, people, get with me now. <laughs> How many of y'all today feel like that you've been having so many darts flown at you, you're, you, you, you're down to less than 20%? Well, guess what? Next week, we're going to learn what to do about it. He's real. How many of y'all will make a commitment right now? Oh, gosh, we're, we're so out of time. <laughs> to pray for each other this week in our fight against this enemy.